Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pasalka. I am excited today for our guest, Priscilla McKinney, Little Bird Marketing. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of clear and effective marketing. Welcome, Priscilla. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Damon. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I love, I love behind you. You've got a picture of a bird behind you. Yes, Imagine I've got that. birds all over. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. birds on the shelf. Birds <laughs> put in the a wall. bird on it. Put yeah. a bird on it. Yeah. And okay, you know what? So you you would appreciate the sign that's behind me. It says "Today Begin," and a girlfriend of mine gave that to me after I stood on the sidewalk and watched my entire creative studio burn to the ground. And that was my uh -huh. first gift she gave me when I put up in my brand new office. And you know, it's just like everything can be so overwhelming today. You know what? All you have to do is begin. And I, I love it. And I know with the way that you talk with owners all the time who sometimes feel very overwhelmed, I knew that you would, you would love that story. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. That's powerful. <laughs> Cause yeah, I, I, I read it and I forgot that I didn't put it in the notes, but you, you watch your studio burn down. That had to be a heck of a day. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was, that was very interesting. It was three weeks also after we had just gone through the F5 tornado here in Joplin. And so we had lost about 30% of our town in about 20 minutes. And so we had already kind of been through it in town. Um, and then yeah, waking up to that news and, and watching that it, it was, it was quite an interesting year. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But you know, as, as they say, sometimes the process of rebuilding, we, we come up with better and it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's bad at the time. It's hard to go through, but sometimes we build better. So, yes. yeah. So let's, let's, let's start back at the beginning Priscilla. tell us a bit about your background and how the heck you got into marketing. Well, I am actual cultural anthropologist by trade. And so, know you know, awesome. <laughs> that is really the study of humans and how we agree to get along and what are the tacit agreements we have. Sometimes we have explicit ones that we might be very um, you know, forthcoming with, but we all have hidden stories. We all have hidden motivations. We also have just social agreements and all of these things come into play when we're looking at marketing. How do I agree that I'm going to believe your claim on your product? You know, am I going to have an aversion to walking into a, you know, used car lot? All of these things are cultural, right? And they're stories that we have in either from way back um, machine of our life, um, things that we um, have made vows about, I will never do this, or I will always do this. Um, and so that really does affect brands. You think about, you know, standing in front of a brand and, and you know, you think about, I want to choose something that's more sustainable or over here, I have something, a brand that my grandma used and it smells like her. And so, you know, it's like, I'm always yeah. trying to, I'm conflicted, but you know, this is, this is the cultural soup that we're swimming in. And so that's really an interesting way to come at 
if I were to understand what humans are thinking and feeling and how they go about making these decisions, then I could help orchestrate a clearer path for a marketing message to get through and, and be along on that journey in a very different way. It's not so over and beat it over someone's head, which we all know in this current environment, in this modern day and age, nobody wants to be sold to, nobody wants to be screamed at, nobody wants to hear like some stupid claims that are that we all know are, are completely bunk. You know, and so because of that, you have to really tailor, uh, you know, your marketing message, understanding the culture and the society that we're living in. I just wanted to sit there and take that in for a minute because you said a lot in a very short time frame. If people didn't listen to that, I think they should rewind and go back to that because it is something what you're saying there um, really about understanding where we're at today and and really the the things that are affecting us today, because even if you look back a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, certainly before COVID, the, the, the situations and the way that marketing, uh, the effective marketing, as we're talking about today, the importance of clear and effective marketing, it has to change, change through the environment and what's happening around us because our attitudes change. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think the biggest area where the attitudes have changed for businesses or is around social. And you and I know, you know, you're, you're looking at people's PLs all day long, you know, yeah. the reality of, you know, how powerful some, whether it's digital ads or social media, you know, that there are companies that are, this is their lifeblood, you know, that mm -hmm. they have been able to create very effective marketing systems through these platforms. But there are some industries out there who have not been able to crack the code or think they've been exempted from it. Like, for example, maybe manufacturing might think, oh, no, I'm outside the need to have any social influence. And yet we know that they do not <laughs> get yeah. the exemption card. And yeah. so, you know, I think, you know, when we think about how we live and, and, and operate in society, we are at the very foundation social beings. You know, if you think about it, the telegram that was social media, you know, so we constantly do it differently. We modernize it, but we are very social. And I think that's, you know, a very interesting element that I think people don't really appreciate all lot when they're looking at systems that we put into place, either for sales or revenue generation or for clear marketing and we're really looking at it from a social perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, well, and, and how much of this do you think, because First of all, I'm going to ask one question. Do you think that a business can survive long-term without marketing anymore? Across, across the board, generally. It, it's all, nobody doesn't have any marketing. It's all marketing. <laughs> there yeah. is no ends. It's all means anymore. So yeah, just a claim that someone's makes, oh, I do it without marketing or my favorite, which people tell me, oh, I don't believe in marketing. I believe in word of mouth. Okay, word of mouth is marketing, number one. Number two, <laughs> the thing is, is that word of mouth, what exactly does that mean? Because that, where is that quality? Like there are some people out there who could open their mouths about my business and I don't want them to, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. so the question becomes, you know, when people open their mouths, let's, let's, let's go with that for a minute. Let's say word of mouth is the best. Okay, let's, 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 let's be, you know, humorous here for a minute. If that's the best, then when they open their mouths, what are they saying? Have you been able to load their lips with exactly what you need 
you know, said. And then secondly, how do you trigger people to, to actually speak about your company? Because we all know I may love 12 companies that are here in town and I must, I'm, I may love, 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 love them. But if nobody ever triggers me to say, well, what do you think about XYZ company? I may never tell you. And mm -hmm. so that marketing, if I just, for example, I'm going to use just a crazy example. So if I were with somebody and we saw a billboard and we were driving somewhere, we we're talking about, oh yeah, I know that guy, you know, or I love that business or I love that food or I love, you know, something triggers me to open up my mouth and, you know, and give my testimony, uh, you know, my uh, testimonial about this yeah. company or share my experience. But what I'm about to share, you better hope you did a good job giving clear and effective marketing because I'm about to talk about your business now. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't have the right message marketing out there they could be saying something completely different. Yeah. And then there's all kinds of other problems because then we have also, well, maybe there's a great message out there, but is that getting to the right, um, you know, the right target market? Is that your most ideal buyer? Because yeah. you know, from looking at a lot of interesting PLs that people may be, you know, selling, but it actually is doing more to hurt them in the long run because they're selling mm -hmm. to the wrong person. And yeah. so really clear and effective marketing does more than just creates a really great, you know, selling line and a winning strategy. The strategy starts with who the hell should be you be selling to? Who do mm -hmm. you help the best? You know, what do you have to offer? So there's so much alignment that needs to happen in marketing. And in my opinion, it all starts with strategy. Let's just take that in for a second. I think we should. Let's take that in for a second because it does start with strategy and you were talking about marketing there and i agree with you a million percent and i think one of the things that a lot of people that aren't uh familiar with the marketing strategy process forget is that one of the bigger things in marketing is really understanding your customers better and at the heart of mar good marketing and good marketing strategy is a deep, deep, deep understanding of your customers. And I think people miss that because they think marketing, well, that's getting on social media or that's ads or that's this or, or writing blogs or whatever the heck the content part of it is. The part that a lot of people overlook is that deep, deep, deep dive into really understanding customers and you said it, the problems you solve, where we provide the most value, all of that, because that drives the right words to put in someone's head in front of somebody in front of the right people to help them understand that you could be the right place to be talking to. Right. But a lot of people get hung up on that vehicle, right? On, well, mm -hmm. are we going to do it on TV? Or are we going to do it on that? And I'm like, I, I don't even care at this point. Like, like we, I, I haven't even gotten there yet. I need to know what is keeping your most ideal client up on a Sunday night. I need to know what's motivating them and getting them up on Monday morning. I need to know how they're articulating their problem. I need to know what's coming out of their mouth when they are there at their most frustrated, like, oh, what and what's coming out there. But I liken it to this. You know, some of us are big Uber fans and some of us are Lyft all the way, right? So mm -hmm. that is a matter of personal preference of vehicle, right? 
Maybe you even like Uber XL. I don't know. I'm, when I'm in London, I take a black cab. It, that doesn't matter. That's a vehicle. But everybody sits and talk about marketing about this vehicle and that vehicle and that vehicle. But let me ask you this. The last time you got in an Uber or a Lyft or a black cab or whatever it was, did you sit down in the seat and say to the driver, take me anywhere you want to go? No. no. You came in with a strategy and a destination. And then the vehicle was really irrelevant. You know, maybe you want to be more comfortable. Maybe you want to get there quicker. You know, maybe you want to get there in style. That's interesting. But that to me is not the point. You need to be the director of it. And to me, that's what being having a clear and effective marketing, you know, strategy is, is about being so clear about your ultimate destination that when you get in whatever vehicle it is, that you are the person giving the directions. Mm -hmm. And, and help them, helping people understand, you know, just, just that under that you understand them and you feel their pain. Yeah. And, yeah. A hundred percent. Cause they won't come along on the journey with you if they think that you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we got a couple of people stopping by real quick. We got, uh, Stefan, uh, here or Steven, sorry if I, I mispronounce it, he's got a question, but Brandon, Hey, Brandon, how you doing? Brandon's Brandon's in Memphis. So yeah. Guy that I've known for God, God, way too long, man, before my hair was gray. That's just how long it was. <laughs> then so, uh, so one week ago. <laughs> yeah, last week. Last week. That's what it was. Does marketing replace a person's opinion? We got a couple of questions here. Hmm. A so, person's opinion. Like, can it, does it, maybe Stephen, do you mean like it, can it actually change your opinion about, or does it like inform perspectives or something? I think, I think one interesting thing, if I understand where you're coming at there is, I think that this idea that we can completely change what someone thinks or perceives about your brand, like full stop, I think is asking a bit too much of marketing, right? Yep. I think yep. that people have their own, their own issues, their own desires. We as marketers need to tap into that. And if we tap into that, then maybe we can change their opinion about our brand or our service or our product. If we basically put it in alignment with their need. So in terms of changing their opinion, like for example, I might think I'm never going to be in the market for, let's say a banana clip. I'm never wearing those. And I, yeah, if you were to ask me hundred percent, I don't think that that's what's going on. But then if you really take it, I thought of it more as if you really understood my hidden story, it's because I think they're out of fashion. But mm -hmm. if I have a horrible problem with kinky curly hair and you can convince me that a banana clip is the only thing that is going to manage kinky curly hair and you show me how, all of a sudden I'm going to be like, you know what? I don't really care about fashion. Oh my gosh. I had no idea that this, because you've actually changed your marketing, made me see your product or service in the light where it actually is important to me now. Now, it's not that I've really changed the view of your product or service. I've changed my view of what I, how I could live. <laughs> and so yeah. I, maybe that seems like, you know, splitting hairs with people, but I think that is a really different approach to things that puts the consumer at the center of the equation. Not I'm going to tell her 18 times and put a celebrity in a banana clip and convince her that she should try it because she needs to give up her idea. Yes. And I have no, I have no uh, money coming in from a banana clip company for this. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. not being paid in any way to put, promote them. <laughs> well, and it's, it's interesting too, because somebody you're talking about the vehicles of, of marketing, you know, a lot of people think influencer marketing is 
awesome, right? And and for some, it's it's effective. But you 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 made a made a comment there about putting the 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 banana clip in the hands of somebody famous and expecting it to sell a billion of them. It doesn't always work that way. I mean, it really you have to have a lot more around it, and it does need to connect me to something I want to solve a a real problem, a perceived problem, an emotional thing mm-hmm. that can be like you said because that same that same banana clip can be sold on a, an emotional level because it's cool and I want to be cool and everybody's got them and I need to have one. It could be sell on a need level. It's because my hair needs it. Otherwise it's just like, you know, <laughs> but I have it as great. And, and it's just, it, it's just can come in so many different ways and being able to connect like that, I think is, is really a good example of that you were sharing of, of how the right marketing helps people connect a product or service to their need. Right. And I have to say, you're right. People talk about influencer media, uh, influencer marketing. And so that's the only thing they think of is celebrity, like this kind of like, or somebody who has a lot of following. But I would argue that all marketing is influencer marketing. If it was your mom who shared that she loves this product she just has the ability to influence you. It matters who is influential to you as the consumer. And so the other thing is, is that we know that our past or our stories or our desires, the way that we project and see ourselves, our lives in the future, that also can influence our decisions. And so we need to be able to help people tap into, you know, understanding that or like, for example, I'm I'm a sucker for lifestyle stuff. I buy resort wear all the time. I'm a CEO of a digital marketing company. I'm not out on vacation all the time, but I keep thinking I have just front and center of my mind retirement, right? And I'm going to wear resort wear when I retire. That's all I'm wearing. (laughs) And so people can get me, you know, people can constantly market that stuff to me because they're marketing and tapping into my desired state. You know, so it doesn't even have to be, you know, you're, I'm influencing myself because of the way I project who I will be in the future. And so there are so many layers here about what is really influencing a buyer in any given time. And that is why we come back to why marketing has to start with strategy. And I find so often that, you know, people come to me and they think, well, we're not doing the right things. These things don't work. And what's interesting is I'm not really interested in engaging in that conversation because those things may or may not work, but they may not be doing them in the right way and they may not be doing them in the right order. And Mm. so what I tell people all the time, and anybody can crib this from me, you never have to work with us at Little Bird Marketing to have this, but we have a system called SOAR, S-O-A-R. And what we tell people is first, it's strategy. You do not move on until you have your strategy clear. And that is 100% foundational to your ideal client persona. I want to see, I don't, not in your mind, on a piece of paper with all of the information. What makes them tick? What are they afraid of? What will they not admit to even their closest friend? You know, how do they, you know, what keeps them up at night? What gets them going in the morning? What they're frustrated? We talk about those things. So that's the foundational thing. This is your most ideal client persona. I need to know my audience before I'm going to write anything, right? And then the next thing is organization. So who has the bandwidth? When is this going to get done? You know, uh, what are the checklist items? When I say write a blog, that's not one item. That's 52 items. There's 52 things that you need to do to write a blog. And so please don't just give it like, let's organize it. Who's going to get these things done and in what order? And then the next thing is accountability. Okay. 
six days, six hours, you know, six weeks after we have all the strategy and we get it organized, someone pops up in a meeting and goes, Hey, I think we should go to this show, you know, and do this, you know, trade show. Cause we're really desperate for sales and about, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> is that accountable to the strategy? It, 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 you know, is anybody even our, is our ideal client persona even at this show? Like, so let's go, let, I'm, I'm interested in this idea. Let me hear you out, but let's go back and look. Is it, a, is it in alignment with the strategy? Can we organize it? Do we have the bandwidth? Do we know exactly when it's going to be done? And if so, yes. If no, absolutely not. And it gives people the freedom to start saying no to stuff in marketing, which is really key to a strategic journey. And the last thing is our repeatability. At the end, when you've done these things, do you know which ones worked? Because you need to double down on the things that worked and you need to quit doing the things that are not generating revenue. So anybody can crib that. And I hope that helps anybody with, with their marketing. S-O-A-R, I don't care what you're doing. If you take whatever system, whatever little you know, whatever tons you know, and you put it in the right order like that, you will have more success than you did a minute ago. Yeah, yeah, this, this is very true, very true. So... A couple things that that I, I would have, I'm sorry, but I'm going to double back a little bit. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> you are the youngest of five girls. Yep. And you guys were singers. You grew up as a, as a you, with your family, traveled and sang. Yep. <laughs> that that is that that that's interesting. I mean, that's that. So what what do you think that showed you? Well, I, first of all, I grew up cross-culturally. So, you know, when I was living in Spain, I'm not a Spaniard, you're an American. When you come back to the States, you're not American. You're someone who's lived you know, abroad. When I was in boarding school in Germany, you know, you're just, you're just a vagrant coming through, you know, it's kind of this never belong and yet feel like you can belong in a lot of places. And so I think that gives me a lot of empathy for people. It, I didn't grow up in the same house. I didn't, you know, I don't assume that everybody has my same values, my same perspective, my same worldview. And so as a marketer, that I think makes me very sharp. You know, people do not even see the same symbol, right? You look, think about, you know, um, you know, even, you know, icons and symbols, people don't have the same reaction to colors, to, you know, to anything. And so it gives you a real empathy for, you know, people coming at whatever message or, or plan or whatever it is that you're offering from their own perspective. And if you can't um, at least open up your mind to, you know, to understand that people are going to get maybe to the same destination, but maybe many different ways, then you really can't develop a solid marketing plan. And certainly, you know, when you then put digital on top of that and you're not necessarily interacting with the client, <laughs> right, that makes it even harder. So you have to have digital um, steps that really also are very, um, are created with empathy for the consumer in mind. So mm -hmm. I, yeah, I mean, growing up overseas and, and, you know, singing for my supper and all those kinds of things made me a hard worker. I'll say that. Um, but I'm always also the fifth of five girls, which means that everywhere I went, I belonged. I, I had my own gang. And so it, for me, it gave me a lot of confidence and I didn't need yeah. other people's opinions. I didn't need to um, of course, we all want to fit in. We all want to belong, but yeah, I already belonged yeah. somewhere. And that's a very powerful way to approach your own career, I think. Mm -hmm. I came from a big family as well. I'm, I'm the, on the other end. I'm the oldest of five. 
Mm-hmm. But, uh, Sorry, that it, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, the last one, it's really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of different experiences. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. But I thought that was interesting because when you look at that and you look at your decision to, to you know, start down the road cult, being a cultural anthropologist and how that helped you to be, you know, move into marketing and really trying to understand people and understand because marketing is really about understanding people and and what they're thinking and how they're feeling and and helping to do that because um you know and and I've, someone else that i they've talked to a long time ago said sales are emotional every sale is emotional doesn't matter what it is it's yes there's maybe some logic more or less logic behind a sale but the the decision to buy is emotional a hundred percent. And the person who thinks otherwise is actually making a far more emotional decision than they than <laughs> they even know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, when I was listening to your talk. I was like, that's that, that there was something that came in my head. Then the, uh, yeah. So as you're going through this now, you and so at Little Bird Marketing, do you guys specialize in a certain kind of industry or the industry vertical? Or are you a broad based or, or what do you who are you yeah. typically helping? Well, there? the biggest thing that we specialize in is B2B. So, mm-hmm. um, B2B. you know, we do have a few clients that are B2C, but it's, it's rare for us. Um, mm-hmm. B2B is where we live. Um, and then about um, 70% of our business is somehow of surrounding the market research industry. So whether that's business intelligence, competitive business intelligence, um, you know, surveying, translation survey for global um, services. Um, we have a lot of clients around in that area. And I speak at those conferences all over the world. Um, and so I, I know that in industry quite well. Um, but that also means that I'm with uh, usually a lot of consumer insights. You know, I have amazing colleagues at, you know, consumer insights at Mars Wrigley and McDonald's and Walgreens mm-hmm. and, you know, Roku and Netflix and things like this. So I get to talk with them about what we're looking at. We're looking at data in order to guide our marketing. We're not making guesses, you know, these are billion dollar decisions these companies are making. And so they need the market research to help inform what they're doing. And typically the clients who I work with are somehow serving those large brands Mm -hmm. and helping them by doing kind of what I do with cultural anthropology. They're doing some kind of ethnography, some kind of behavioral, um, uh, you know, view of, of, um, of the client's history or their storytelling that's going on, that narrative and helping them get the data that they need in order to, uh, you know, to either get research and development going the right way or fix products and services or, you know, what new flavor of chip should we come out with (laughs) next year, whatever it is. Um, But yeah, I'm in B2B and it's it's not just market research. It it does expand out, but it's really in that business intelligence and competitive intelligence um, area. But I do have clients that are in manufacturing. I have clients that, you know, are chiropractic. I do have some other ones. To me, the system is what I believe in. I believe mm-hmm. in getting the system right, what you input into the system, which vehicle. So like, for example, if you're B2C, well, your vehicle, your Uber or Lyft is going to be Facebook. But mm-hmm. if you're B2B, your vehicle is going to be LinkedIn. So don't get in the wrong car. 
Yeah. But when you get in the car, make sure that you're driving it, you know, where you need to go. And so for me, those, those are kind of, once you have the, the, the basics down and the fundamentals down, you really could work for any company. And I feel that way for a good salesperson too. If you told me tomorrow, mm -hmm. I'm a fire hydrant company, I'd be like, tell me four things. Okay, great. I don't even need to know anything about fire hydrants. What I need to be good at is asking people about their pain, about their needs and, you know, just getting to the bottom of like what their resolve is. Right. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, you know, I think like knowing all of the products or knowing the, the, what the customer is selling sometimes gets in the way of really good marketing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can. That's certainly because you uh, stop asking as many good questions, I believe. Once you learn. So we were talking about this before we got on, on, on live here, but you do, you do work with people. And we were talking about the fact that the face of the company, if that's the founder, the owner, the CEO, you're helping people kind of work beyond that because that severely limits the companies. Let's talk about that a little bit and how you how that makes a difference in the marketing. Yeah. And I think this is where you and I really connect well, because here you're trying to help people, you know, carve out their own path and to really create their exit, because you and I do agree. If you don't create your exit your way, someone will exit you for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You may get a notice at some point um, mm -hmm. and you may ignore it for a while, but at some point you will exit if you are not making busy, making your plan about what really is going to happen. And one of those things I think is very key and why we get called in for really effective marketing is because we have clients and we have companies who have built something very successful on a wonderful CEO. Mm -hmm. And they may not even be an egotistical person. That's not it. They're just a successful person. And, you know, that's great. That's awesome. But then when you think about trying to exit and sell your business, if you have an entire sales structure and the sales mechanism that's going on, you know, in-house is built around the CEO's personality, you've got a real problem because mm -hmm. no amount of marketing is going to solve that, right? Yes. So people like throw money at marketing, be like, okay, well, I'm still over here being the, the you know, selling president. Um, and, but then we, I need someone else to start this other, you know, marketing that's without me. Uh, those are two like really diametrically opposed approaches. And there is a lot of uh, room in the middle. And so what we do is we do create those foundational systems underneath the CEO and say, look, the CEO is not my most ideal client. I don't really want to talk to a yeah. CEO. I want to yeah. talk to somebody in the C-suite or like a high, high manager who is um, who has a vested interest in this company succeeding without the CEO. And I want them to be very revenue minded. They're that kind of ideal person who thinks of the money as their own. It's not their own, but they think of it that way. And they are interested in revenue. They will do whatever it takes. And they also don't feel like, oh, it's my special baby, right? So they're yeah. willing to let you, you know, call their baby ugly a little bit. And they're willing to let you change a couple of things and have hard conversations because that's hard for a, a CEO to do. I know I'm one, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so we need to have those kinds of important people to help us build systems around CEOs so that they can exit at some way. Mm -hmm. And one thing I do um, that really is an in-between is we come in and we teach cohorts of, you know, typically 10 people at a time. Um, and we teach teams how to really engage in social selling. 
And that's about building their social influence. And for us in B2B, that's happens largely on LinkedIn. It could be on Twitter. But it's about individual people really becoming influencers. I want to be a thought leader. We know that B2B buyers are 57% of their way through their buyer's journey before yeah. your company even knows they're looking. Yeah. And we also know that B2B buyers are reading 14 pieces of content trying to figure it out because what do we do? As soon as we want to know something, we thumb it, right? We get on our phone and we Google it, right? It, it doesn't matter if you're a CEO, if you're a 12-year-old girl, you're going to yeah. get on your phone, you're going to Google it. And so you, when you find your 14 pieces of content, whether it's because you want to find a banana clip or say you want to buy a $350,000 market research study, you are going to Google something and you're going to read probably 14 pieces of content before you make a decision. And those pieces of content are helping you define your requirements for what you're about to buy. And so I always ask clients like of those 14 pieces of content, how many belong to you or your salespeople? And mm -hmm. the answer is usually none, <laughs> right? And yeah. so we haven't basically been kind to the buyer and in, uh, introduced ourselves early enough in the process. So we're not able to influence the buying process. And yeah, we're an order taker. If they finally call us and be like, yeah, I'm ready to buy that, you know, that backhoe. Sure, I'll send it to you. But what company is going to thrive and really be able to be sold at a high multiple when we're, they're all order takers, like they're, yeah. <laughs> that's just not, that's well, not what people are looking for. And one of the things too, that if you are just that default choice or something or somebody they just found without going through the process of reading those uh, 14 pieces of content, uh, they're going to be much more price conscious. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm buying this pen. It's a pen. Right. Yeah. It's a yeah. pen. Who, who cares? Yeah. But who if cares? it's built on relationship and yeah. they're, you know, then that's going to be very different. And I noticed here, you know, Steve was asking, are the influencers always right? Well, no. Influ and you know what? If that influencer isn't right for you, you don't follow them. They don't influence yeah. you very easily. But you do earn the right. What we teach people is to uh, lead with giving and give their expertise. We show people how to be able to do that in the B2B world and really help people like, hey, if I had this issue, which I think my ideal client has, these are the three ways I would think about it. I would think about it this way, this way, and this way. And when I do, these are the kinds of the outcomes. Now we may not be right for you, but this is the way I would couch the, the question. And then I'd be helpful and I don't sell myself, right? So mm -hmm. when, when people talk about are influencers right or wrong or whatever, you're talking about like celebrity influencers who are getting paid to push, you know, gut milk. Okay, hey, of course, this is right for you. This is right for you. This is right. But if I were a true influencer, someone with integrity and someone who is an expert in my B2B field, I wouldn't be pushing a product. I would be yeah. curious and I would be leading with value and I would be building rapport and I would be asking questions. And to me, that is true influence. And when that comes, this is exactly what you're saying about the pen. At the time when I have given, 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 and you are ready to buy that, you're not going to ask me how much that pen is. You're going to say, Priscilla, mm -hmm. I just cannot wait for you to come bring that pen over here. Yep. I'm ready show to me buy every, it. I am like, I, I just have to have it. You know, yeah. and that's that's really what we teach people at a high level, you know, to do. And that's about not going out there and broadcasting. 
features and benefits. You know, this is, this is these people who just bark things out online. Nobody wants to listen to that. And they're just like, I'm always right. I'm always right. Here's my ego. Here's my ego. You know, as opposed to here's something helpful. Here's something helpful. And, you know, constantly showing people that they are interested in them and in their problem. And so it's through that process, we teach people how to do that online, how to get visible, how to use the algorithms to their benefit, and how to just be a wonderful human that earns the rapport and makes the sale. That is it. I I'm going to tell you, because there's, there there is is that part of the thing that i really enjoy about social selling is it allows us to be human and you know we had for so many years that we were we were stuck on you know business 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 but the it comes down to the human connection is why people do business with you and that's why you're as as uh steven's asking you know what makes you right nothing makes you right it's everyone's opinion whether you're right or wrong it's mm -hmm. like you said it's just like it's what it is but if if you're being like you said, leading with giving, being a good human, sharing information. Uh, this is the kind of thing that allows people to come inside of you, inside of your business and, and get to see it and go, hey, I would like to be there. Right. Or maybe not. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't like to be there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really what because as, as we all know, we don't want the wrong people in our business. Right. Yeah, that's great. We would like to have the best people there. Everybody wins. <laughs> I don't want someone who wants me to beat them over the head. And there are very few people who want that, but that's not ideal for me. I want someone yep. who wants to cultivate the long-term relationship and wants to rely on my expertise, but yet is knows that I'm going to come in and ask some key questions and knows that I'm going to challenge some things pretty hard, but also, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to listen. And I think that's, you know, that's super, that that's super different. So we teach cohorts, you know, how to do that. So for the effect of saying, let's build a successful sales team that is a firm and sustainable lead gen system that is outside of the influence that maybe just the CEO had at one time. How can yep. we build the personal brands? How can we build the careers? How can we build the prowess online of other people in your, in your, in your um, firm so that you can have a much better exit? Yep. Yep. Well, I know Priscilla, we went over by two minutes, but we're going to get you out because you've got an important date to go I play do. golf with your I son and <laughs> the sun is shining. Go yeah. have some fun. But I just want to say thank you so much for being here on the Faces of Business State. You're it was welcome. awesome talking to you about the importance, clear and effective marketing. I learned a heck of a lot. <laughs> and I just want to thank Stephen for being here, Brandon for being here, all the questions, the people that didn't comment but are listening. Hey, appreciate you. Priscilla, thanks so much. You're welcome. Have a great day, Damon. Yeah, we will be back again. Let's see. What, I had to think what day of the week it is. That's bad. We'll be back again next week with more guests talking about things that are interesting for executives. Thanks, everyone.